This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.omf.ie I caught up with Austin Hughes, Chief Economist of KBC Bank Ireland, and I talked to Austin about the state of consumer confidence, a crucial issue as businesses look towards the second half of the year. Uh, And it's been a very challenging first quarter as we now head into the second quarter. It being Easter, though, I started by asking him what the economics of Easter eggs could tell us about consumer confidence in these difficult COVID days. Well, um, there's certainly been UK reports that the demand for Easter eggs is up about 50% this year. And if you think about kind of how difficult times are, there is also, uh, economists talk about a lipstick index that quite often in difficult times, people look for little treats. My own personal experience of this is that trying to get Easter eggs earlier this week anything really decent was off the shelves so you were left with something that that the kids or the partner would be very annoyed if you turned up with uh, tomorrow on easter sunday so there is a sense that people are perhaps treating themselves to to maybe a little extra chocolate um, to get away from all the gloom and doom that they hear about the economy Absolutely. I, I, I won't ask your opinion on my licorice flavoured Easter egg that I got, but uh, we'll, we'll move on. But on a serious point, Austin, consumer confidence is essential uh, for the community. Uh, KBC Bank, you do a regular one, so you've got your finger on the pulse. You've done one for March. What's it telling us? Well, the good news is that consumer sentiment is improving. It's the best level in 12 months. The bad news, I suppose, is that as you'd expect, consumers are still nervous. So it's not as bad as it has been through the last few months, but it's still telling of a consumer who's quite cautious about the outlook. Now, in terms of the details of the March survey, what it's suggesting is that consumers are less fearful about the longer term economic outlook. So they're a little more positive on the prospects for the Irish economy economy and the prospects for jobs. But where they're still nervous is around the outlook for their own household incomes and their spending power. There's still so much uncertainty out there that people are being understandably cautious in this. And again, because Irish consumers' most recent experience of a downturn is the severe financial crisis, they're worried that when things go wrong, they could get even worse. So in that respect, Irish consumers are quite reasonably cautious at the moment, but encouragingly, they haven't entirely given up the ghost. Yeah, and looking at the figures, uh, the, the the growth in savings is really quite uh, huge and quite eye-popping. Um, different types of savings. I heard you had some interesting perspectives. Tell us about trapped savings. Well, well overall, there were data released during the week and they said that households, Irish households as a share of their income, their savings rose from 12% in 2019 to 23% in 2020. That's probably the highest in Europe and it's certainly the highest we have in record in Ireland. Even during the financial crisis, they only got as high as 15%. Now there's two reasons why people saved during the last year. One is that they were trapped in their homes and consequently they couldn't go to the shops, they couldn't go on 
exotic holidays. So in that respect, there's been a buildup of these, we'll call it trap savings. The other is terror savings, that people are more concerned that the pandemic will have longer term impacts on the economy in general and on their own household finances. So they're putting a little bit more aside. You might call it rainy day savings, but actually it's when there is a rainy day that people tend to save more. So in that respect, I think there are two distinct elements to savings. It's also important to emphasize that the group savings are very different. In our March survey, we found that one in three consumers hadn't built up any savings in the last couple of years because quite often when economists talk about uh, the Irish economy, you would think that all consumers were in exactly the same circumstances. But one in three uh, consumers said uh, they hadn't managed to build up savings because they're finding it very difficult to get by and to make ends meet really most of the time. Of the balance, what's interesting is about half and half split between spending the rest of it uh, and saving the rest of it. Of those who are going to spend, most are going to spend it in the next year. So they can't wait to get back to restaurants, pubs, or, or holidays, or even just to treat themselves maybe to a new jacket or a new dress or whatever it is in that regard. So there is a sense in which we have some element of pent-up savings that will mean the economy fares better in the second half of the year. Another group, though, are going to save this for the longer term. They're more worried about the outlook for the economy. And actually, in the US, they found this after the Great Depression, that although savings went down after the, the initial shock, they, they remained higher than they were before uh, the Great Depression because people just felt it's more likely than not that at some time things are going to be rotten again, so I better have an extra few bob. And a final group who were saving, and it's about 9% of consumers were saying they were saving for a specific purpose. It's either to get together the deposit for a house, um, to, to get together the money to do decorations in the house or perhaps saving for their kids' education. So we're finding all these different currents in the Irish economy at the moment. Some who are in a very solid position who really for the last year found it's been quite pleasant to work from home and they've built up a few extra bob that they're going to spend or they're going to save. And others for whom the past year has been a really, really terrible struggle. And I mean that in financial terms beyond the sort of health-related issues and for them, you know, the critical issue is what will happen over the next couple of years or the next year? Or so is the economy going to open up? Will their jobs in retailing or in hotels or restaurants uh, be there uh, later on this year? So we have a very divided economy in that regard. Overall, things are still OK. And critically, it's the higher earners who've probably uh, been uh, saved most from the problems. And that has meant that tax revenues have been better. So the government actually has scope to help those who've been most affected. But we are facing into a remainder of 2021 when the outlook is very unclear with some really looking back forward to getting back to the shops uh, and spending a few extra bob and others wondering will their jobs be there when the economies will open. So 
Yeah, and those are critical um, uh, considerations weighing on many retailers wondering when they are finally uh, going to be allowed to reopen, what kind of demand and so on is going to be out there. The central bank did some forecasting during the week about the second half of the year. Many people in business hanging on. Is it going to be Armageddon? Is it going to be reasonable? What was the central bank saying? Uh, the central bank is saying that the growth will pick up through the second half of the year. But the central bank actually sent two messages in its most its latest forecast. One, that economic growth in general will be strong and there will be a pickup. But it also talked of as many as 100,000 jobs gone because of the pandemic. Those are the companies that won't be able to open up or when they open up, they will either find their capacity is so limited because of maybe continuing restrictions uh, or because people have moved to online purchases or, or because their spending patterns have changed. So there's that's still significant uncertainty. And as I say, maybe this two-strand economy where some are doing really well and others are, are facing a very difficult end to, to 2021. Uh, for me, the critical thing there is that the government sends out a very strong signal that it will do more uh, uh, to try and support Support the economy. In the US, we've seen the announcement by Joe Biden of massive infrastructure spend and a massive fiscal support element. Uh, today, he announced, uh, or earlier this week, he announced his infrastructure spend. Um, with new money being spent on roads, on refurbishment of transport infrastructure, on green agenda, on retrofitting houses. These are all things that actually we could probably do in Ireland as well to, to differing degrees. And it would actually make the economy stronger. It would make job opportunities much more widely spread around the economy. Uh, and it would, really be a very important support against the risks and maybe the threat to these 100,000 jobs. Yeah, now later in the programme we'll be talking to the heads of uh, Kilkenny and Carlow Chambers of Commerce, both of whom in their day jobs work in the hospitality industry. Colin O'Hearn, Kilkenny Chamber President during the week, was calling for more special subsidies for the hospitality industry going beyond what's already promised up to the end of June. Do you think the government can afford to be generous in relation to that? Um, I don't think it can afford not to be reasonable about it. Generous is a word that different people will take in different ways. I think it's reasonable that these industries have been forced to close, not because of their own failings, but because of health-related restrictions that the government offers them a route back to where they were before the pandemic. And that means keeping significant support in place and helping them maybe reshape their business for the post-pandemic economy. So I do think that's important. And if the government does that properly, you keep these jobs, you keep the taxes that come with these jobs, you keep the economic activity, you keep the societies that come with these jobs and these activities. If you don't, you've just longer dull queues and longer dull queues are bad for the public finances so uh, again Biden earlier in the week talked about a once in a generation opportunity Um, and I do think 
the, there is a similar uh, sense here that if we do things right, we can actually maybe address housing, we can address health, we can address broader infrastructure, digital infrastructure issues, we can address, address the green agenda. The reality is the Irish government can borrow at the moment for about one-tenth of one percent for 10 years. So virtually zero borrowing costs. Now, if the government can't find ways in which it can enhance the outlook for the economy with free money, then the government really isn't doing its job properly. So I do think it really is a case of finding the right things. And there is a, an element in which obviously every lobby group will be saying more for me or whatever, but there are definite priorities there in terms of businesses that have been shut down through no fault of their own. And again, to borrow from the Biden campaign, building back better, having a better Irish economy with better housing, better infrastructure, you know, aware of climate change to a much more significant degree in the shaping of economic activity. And this gives us an opportunity. It's a finite time. So we really need to be thinking about this, whereas a lot of mainstream economists, to take your question back, are, are saying, oh, we have to be careful. We're going to have to start thinking about balancing the books. This is about rebalancing the economy, and then the books will balance themselves. But if we simply set our ambition to be limited to balancing the books, then you're going to have a lot of people who are left behind by the economy and left behind by society. And that is actually going to give you a much more fractured and poorer outlook. So it's economically sensible to, to actually make sure you do the right things in terms, terms of supporting industry later this year. And how confident, Austin, would you be that that, um, you know, the more expansionist, and I know that's a, probably a loaded economic term, but the more ambitious, loosen the shackles view would take precedence over the sort of look after the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves and like, look, this is tough reality. I'm afraid we can't give you any more money. Which way do you think it's going to fall? I'm worried about this because, again, when we talked about the Irish consumer, you know, when they see something going wrong, the next thing they fear is that there will be this reflex attempt to, to cure the public finances because that's what we did the last time round. And a generation of Irish economists and policymakers have been reared with the view that the only thing that matters is getting the budget into to, to good order. Uh, and that will be penny wise and pound foolish. So I, I do think it's an issue that people need to be much more uh, animated about over the next while. And it means that, you know, we, we use a phrase, I use the word lobby group or that, but it's where groups of concerned businesses and citizens come up and say, this is a path forward for our economy. These are things you can do that actually make economic sense in macro terms and not just for me. And so I really do think we need a counter to this oh gosh, look at our borrowing and our deficit. Because I, I, there will be a time for that possibly in five years time. But if we do the right things in terms of infrastructure now, a lot of these sort of difficulties will take care of themselves. I am concerned, however, that people are still fighting the last war, which was one you know, where 
getting the public finances right was the only priority. Yeah, now if you look at um, the the announcement that you referred to by the US President Joe Biden, that was in terms of trillions, and I don't know exactly how many trillions. What kind of scale of investment would you be doing if you transpose that into Ireland? Would you have any idea? Um, well, the US economy is 20 trillion. Uh, we're about uh, a third of a trillion, you know, so you get a sense. 160 at the kind of thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that. And our population, again, you know, 5 million versus 300 million. So that that's the sort of relative scale in that. Uh, I, I, you know, if you look at the US debt forecasts, they're a lot more scary than anything about the Irish economic outlook, because again, we have a a relatively young population we have stronger potential growth if we harness it properly uh, but you are talking about something that is going to run into the the several billions over the the, the next year or two so it, it is a case of being properly ambitious a problem here that we tend to do in terms of this is we announce this program uh, and it has all these grand plans and then we see that actually the measures entailed are only going to give us truppence halfpenny you know mm. that, that you know so it is a case of you know being one kind of transparent in this so this is how much x will cost and secondly, that it's time bounded or temporary. You, you know, the support for these businesses, I think, you know, to right size them and right direct them again may last to the end of next year and may be tapered over that period. I, you know, that would be mm. a reasonable plan from my point of view. But it would be have to be very clear that at the end of 2022 uh, there is you know no more support you, you know you can't have people that become dependent permanently on state handouts yeah, but yeah. i do think there are elements in which if you have a temporary transparent and very much targeted and, and by the way these are words that came from the european finance ministers back last april about the measures they're not things i would so you know if you have that element of focused policies um, then i think you you actually can deliver something that will be hugely <clears throat> excuse me, beneficial to our economy. Yeah, it's interesting when you kind of transpose the comparisons between the size of the US economy and the the Irish economy, because initially when you hear trillions, people would tend to, well, we, we're not in that business and so on. But when you right-size it to Ireland, you're talking about billions. And as you say, the Irish um, budget figures are in a lot less scary position than the US. So, So these kind of plans that you're talking about shouldn't be dismissed out of hand. No, I, you know, I, I do think we can get something that is suitably sized for Ireland. You know, it, it won't be a case that we will all have shiny, bright new electric cars next year. You know, it isn't mm. a late, late. We can't use the run of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. In the audience. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it is something where I think, you know, we should have priorities as a society and an economy around housing, health, digital infrastructure, green infrastructure, uh, and, 
you know, maintaining a competitive and diverse uh, business uh, environment. So, you know, I, I do think those we should be able to establish priorities in those that would give you something that is in terms of a few billion next year, you know, that is realistic, but actually makes a difference to particular sectors. And but is affordable. Priorities. And is affordable for the Irish economy. It is affordable if, you know, we're clear about it, that this is, this, as I say, once in a generation sort of mood that, you know, we are doing this now because money is free and we need to dig our, we need to lift ourselves out of this hole uh, caused by the pandemic. Uh, and it's in that respect that I think we can move it. You know, the critical element is it's not a case of, as somebody once said about the, the 2000, it's not a case there's an ATM giving out free money there. You know, it, it is a case that there is somebody giving out shovels um, and that we actually will get the opportunity to rebuild uh, a proper Irish economy. So to conclude, confidence is going in the right direction, but there's a long road ahead, but we shouldn't be too cautious. Uh, confidence co- is going in the right direction. Consumers are still cautious because they remember the mistakes of the past, but there is that opportunity to actually make them think about a, a brighter future. Um, so, you know, we are at an inflection point in terms of things could get an awful lot better or they could be a lot worse for a lot of people. The, the reality is the macro economy, the multinationals will continue to plough along for the next year, couple of years, notwithstanding uh, the prospect of higher corporation taxes. So I think those are okay and they keep, but there will be a, an ever increasing number of people who are moving further and further away from uh, the recovery. I, we started off with a different sort of Easter message, but there is a sense, I think, that for lots of people, that recovery we're talking about here is the proverbial Father Dougal recovery. And if you remember the scene in the caravan with Father Ted, he was saying, you know, those cows are small and those are far away. For lots of Irish consumers, recovery seems very small, and for others, it seems very far away. Well, I think that's a great note to finish. Austin Hughes, Chief Economist with KBC Bank. Thanks very much. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.omf.ie